0: Welcome back to the Casey Adams Show. Today I am joined by Dr. Chow Ong, a prior pharmaceutical doctor, now turned to a corporate housing expert. How are you doing today? Thanks so much for coming to the show.
1: Oh, I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, everybody.
0: Of course. So, you know, with um with your background, I find it so interesting to to understand the the massive transition you made in your life. And I know we talked about corporate corporate housing prior to you know being a pharmaceutical doctor for those that may not know what corporate housing is what is that before we really
1: dive into your story absolutely corporate housing is where we rent out to companies such as IT construction professionals relocations insurance housing anything where there's a companies that are paying and they pay well and they stay longer the average stay is 3 to 6 months and we charge them double the market rent
0: okay and this is for like Airbnbs, or just does it have to be Airbnb specifically, or can it be any type of short-term rental?
1: Yeah, it could be any type, and it's actually a new, this amazing new trend. It's called midterm rental, not short-term. Short-term would be less than thirty days, Mm. and I've done that a lot before. It's a lot of headaches. So midterm, back and forth, exactly. Midterm three to six months, and it's corporate clients, so you don't have to worry about the vacationer, the people going to trash your place or squatters, all of that
0: a good market to be in (laughs) yes yes what what led you to being in corporate rentals and and more so get into short-term mid-term rental business coming from someone that was once a pharmaceutical pharmaceutical doctor what led you to then making that transition
1: yeah absolutely great question so i was an immigrant from vietnam uh we came here all four of us had to sleep on one mattress my mom my dad me and my sister and we had to do whatever takes to survive in the worst neighborhood possible so imagine, you know, my mom and dad crying themselves to sleep every single night just to figure out how to put food on the table and to learn English. Yeah, so wow. I promised myself that I would do whatever it takes to get that American dream, get that financial freedom. So then I went on, I got, you know, brainwashed by the social media, by everything that you need to go to school, get good grade, become doctor, lawyer. So that's exactly what I did. I become a, a pharmacist. Eight years of professional school, wow. PhD, year, doctorate. Yes, wow. Uh, half yeah. a million dollars of t- tuition. Move across the country. Sleep on basement. Eat ramen noodles for eight years. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, live live the student broke lifestyle. Um, but then I found out that I, when I got out, I worked really hard. I become one of the top pharmacists for a Fortune five company in the country. Uh, however, what I got rewarded is more KPIs, you know, key performance indicators, yep. right? More metrics, uh, less freedom, because they n- want they know that they can suck more of the blood out of me, so they will cut out like thirty percent of my help. Mm. So I was like, and I was like, this is I was so frustrated, so burnt out, yeah. and so trapped as a corporate slave. Yeah.
0: Wow, man. So. As someone you immigrated, how old were you when you came to the U.S.? Um,
1: so I came to the U.S. when I was 10. 10 years old. Yes, yes. And
0: did you? was that Dallas that you came to originally?
1: I came to uh, South Carolina. South Carolina. Yes, 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 yes. So
0: you, growing up, like, what did your life look like from 0 to 10 prior to coming here to the U.S.?
1: Yeah, so uh, in Vietnam, uh, our family was very poor in the beginning. So it's literally... We had to sleep, like, 15 people in one small house. Wow. Like, it's not like American house you see here. It's yeah. more like a shack, you know? Yeah. Um, wow. And then and then we made it. My mom made it uh, in real estate in Vietnam. She actually racked the riches. Wow. Uh, but then we dropped everything to come to America for freedom because, you know, America is a land of free. Uh, you know, it's, it, Vietnam is still a communist country, unfortunately. So we had to... There's a lot of restrictions. Yeah. But anyway, so we come here, become a dad... And that's like, after I got everything that society thought was successful, you know, the white coat, the (sighs) fancy car, the uh, title, all of that. I felt so, I felt so trapped and I felt so like helpless because I see the future, the people work like 20, 30 years, my senior, my pharmacist mentor, and they were just the same thing over and over again. And so just not not free. So what's, Mm. so I realized that without financial freedom, are we really free. No, right? Yeah. So I was like, how do I get financial freedom? How do I get financial freedom? So I try everything from, you know, crypto to uh, trading, Forex to um, eBay to Amazon, dropshipping, anything you can think of, mom everything. But I found out that you need like a full-time job to do most of those things. Or if you want to do into like commercial real estate or flipping houses, you need like hundreds of thousands of dollars, which I did not have, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, how, how do I do this? So I met somebody that gave me the idea of leveraging other people's property by renting them and then just re rent it out. Mm-hmm. So back then, this was ten years ago with Airbnb. Yeah, I did well with it. I scaled to like twenty-three, you know, Airbnb short-term rental. Wow. Early. Yeah, like we, before we, yeah. this was a big exactly ten uh, years. Trend. years. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So
0: because Airbnb, I was actually just listening to a podcast with the CEO of Airbnb, Brian Chesky. Yeah. And what what year was it when Airbnb came out? I don't even remember.
1: Uh 2010. Yeah. I'm Some, somewhere out right there. Curious. Yeah, that's I'm that's fine. That's fine. But like so so then uh I got my freedom. So yeah. I retired my mom and dad. That's great. And uh and 2008 the, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In the midst of this, my mom had uh had cancer when I was a pharmacist. Wow. So I was like, I gotta figure this out fast, right? So I don't I, I don't have time. Because yeah. traditional real estate land is like 10 20 years you know you yeah. save up you buy one house yeah, every three years you buy another house another three years i was like it's gonna take 30 years before i get 10 <laughs> houses to make 10k a month you know yeah. so i was like this is, i don't want to wait 30 years so this you can just leverage somebody else property because this is the crazy thing does airbnb own any properties nope nope <laughs> does uber own any cars right no nope. so why do we need to yeah yeah <laughs> right and they're like the biggest, baddest company out there. So it's called leveraging is the key. So now, fast forward, I got my freedom, but then I found out I got more of a more of a hefty job by managing a bunch of short-term rental. Yeah. So it's like, who's my ideal client, right? Who is my best client? These are the corporate professionals who stay, they pay well, they take yeah. care of the property, the company will pay, and they stay for months at a time instead of days. So then when I switched my focus to that, it changed my life because now i got financial freedom, not just money, but time freedom, Mm -hmm. location freedom, relationship freedom, because I have time to hang out with you, amazing people, right? (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Wow. So, you know, Airbnb, I know you're talking about that, founded in 2008. So when did you get your first property? Take us back to that time. You're working full-time as a pharmacist, correct? Mm -hmm. And you're trying to figure out what can I do? You're trying all these different things. When did you get that first property and how did that change? Not only you, but your thinking, right? Coming from someone that like, really went all in on, as you said, the American dream, go to school, go to college, like, mm-hmm. go to school for eight years and go through that process with so much commitment. Mm-hmm. What led you to, you know, it's one thing to recognize the situation you're in, whether that's a situation you don't want to be in or you are and say, I need to make a change when you got that first property, what changed inside and what was the, uh, I I should say the official, um, the official pivot of, Hey, I'm not going to do this anymore. I want to go all in on, you know, corporate midterm rentals. What was that switch for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my first property was actually I bought the property. So I did, I did long term uh, rental, which I was cash flowing, nothing. (laughs) After they move out, it's more like negative cash flow. <laughs> so, um, and then I switched to short term. So I was cash flowing about uh, about 500 to 1,000 bucks a month back then, which is okay. Um, however, I was like, how do I buy like 10 more of these, which is going to take me like 30 years, right? So no, yeah. so when I when I leveraged the property, my first time that I leveraged property was so funny. I actually rented a two bedroom apartment <laughs> under my name. Like basically, I done everything wrong. <laughs> I, rent, rented under, the to I rented apartment. rented. Yeah, I rented yeah. out under my name. I did not tell the landlord. And you're nothing. subleasing it. I was just doing it illegally. Ah, uh, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I moved I tried to move everything myself. Get my mom, my dad, my sister involved. We moved to like third story. It was like it was crazy nightmare. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I'm but, sure
0: you learned a lot in that process. Oh yeah,
1: oh yeah, oh yeah. I learned, I learned a ton, and and uh, through the years, you know, I I actually shut down more like you know ten of them because I had done some stupid stuff, but <laughs> but I learned the nightmare. So that way now I can teach my students yeah. not what not to do and just yeah. give them the blueprint on what to do, right? Yeah. So that's the first pivot is when. Uh, I realized that I can leverage other people's property. And then I went on to rent out houses, which is a lot better. Three-bedroom, four-bedroom is the sweet spots, you know. Um, and then the other pivot is when I switched completely to, well, not completely, but when most of it to corporate housing, Yeah, which really saved my butt during the pandemic. Mm. So a lot of listeners here would know that, you know, if you went through the pandemic and you survive with Airbnbs, you are a hero. <laughs> Cause hey, no, that's such yeah. actual,
0: it's a very interesting point you bring up. Cause I think I'm, I'm not in the Airbnb business, but I, I have friends that are, and I know people that are and now including yourself. What was that time like for you? You know, the oh world shuts down, travels, halts it was more, more in a way that the world has never seen before. What, how did you play your cards? What were some of the ideas and thoughts that you had? Because by that time, I'm guessing you're right. you're so in it. It's, right, it's your right. business. It is. And that's obviously a massive... And yeah. It's it's, it's interesting. So I, when I was listening to that podcast from the Airbnb CEO, people were telling him, like, hey, you might be going out of business. Right. Like, this might lead to bankruptcy. Like You right. have to withstand. And whether that's Airbnb or being on the, the leverage side of it, yeah. it was a hard time for a lot of people. So for you, what... Did you do and what were you thinking during that time in 2020? Yeah, absolutely. And beyond.
1: Absolutely. Great question. It's all about mindset, right? So one of my mentors, Tony Robbins, and he's talking about eighty percent is mindset. So I'm blessed to be at his home, in his studio, all of that. And he actually interviewed um Evan B founder recently in one of uh one of the business mastery trip that Incredible. we did. And uh Evan B founder said that yeah, we lost like 80, 90 percent of the business overnight. <laughs> So I was like, "Do," and, and I was like, "Man, I, yeah, it was really scary." I don't know what the hell. I was, like, nobody knows what the hell was going on. Yeah, <laughs> can yeah. we cuss on this? I don't know. Yeah, you can. For sure. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, like, uh um um so, but fortunately, God blessed me because I had switched to corporate housing already, mm-hmm. so I only lost like twenty percent of 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 my bookings. Yeah. So it was like amazing because, like, you know, most Airbnb, were, like eighty, ninety percent. And a, even a big company with thousands of property, they had to go bankrupt literally in that month. Wow. So so I learned a big lesson there. And thank God, if we we're switching corporate housing. That's why I'm so passionate about this now mm. because I see so much regulations going down and people trying to, um, you know, suck all the blood out of the small entrepreneurs, you know, um, and regulations and hotel lobbying and all of this tax and all this BS you got to deal with. So, but corporate housing is different. You don't have to deal with all of that because it's longer than thirty days. So they can't really say it's short term. They can't, you know, charge you the hotel tax, you know, most of the time. Um, and then, you know, y- you don't have to worry about the hotel trying to kill you and all of that because it's it's more midterm, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. So qu- the corporate clients. I mean, it it seems like that is just such a not only a great model, but what are some of the uh, you know people are out there that are either thought about doing Airbnb or that are in it already that aren't doing the corporate side of it. What does it take to make that pivot? Because you said you did that pivot and everything changed. Like, what is the mindset around changing the model for someone that is in the business or maybe students that you work with going from like, hey, I'm renting it out to individuals short term, to then, hey, I'm going to do this on the, on the other side of the spectrum, corporate. When it comes to the relationships and just getting the actual leads, I'm I'm just so curious as someone that isn't in this. And I'm sure a lot of people are interested as well. Like what do you tell students that you work with, but also what did it look like in the earliest days of getting those first corporate clients to book with you?
1: Yeah. So, um, for my students or for myself, let's start with you. Okay. Uh, for me, my, let me go back. So my first, some of my first clients was like insurance clients, which families need a place to stay when their home get damaged. Um, yeah. and, and insurance paying big time. So it's so funny because I didn't know how to price it and stuff. So I heard it's insurance. So I think I just like went above the market price. Yeah. like I know it's supposed to be like double the market rent, right? Yeah. So I think one time I did like 2.5X, and it's like, oh, okay. So, yeah. so I kind of learned along the way that, yeah, insurance client, they got insurance money, and insurance actually cover up to 10% of the value of your home when they go through a disaster. So most of the time, you don't even use most of that anyway so and and I, I'm really passionate about that, because when a family go through a disaster, we can help them yeah. to have a home. It's very important, right? I mean, people don't want to stay in hotels and be separated with their kids, yeah. and they're separated with their dogs and no you know no family, you know yeah. so so that's why I'm passionate about that. But anyway, so that so that you know, insurance housing is one of my favorite, one of my favorite clients of all time. Uh, the other example would be like construction company great because they always like extend because <laughs> yeah. none the construction never go finish oh on God. time you're right. you're right it takes <laughs> so, yeah. longer it costs more yeah so construction and um, insurance uh, are usually you know, always extend I love that uh, for my students though right now uh, we just give them our sources that took me eight years to build so it's pretty much plug and play with, with all the relationship I have yeah. it. so that's when it's come back to leverage right you want to leverage your mentors your your people, your relationship. So yeah. that's why I just block and play. And I even guarantee people that if they're my students and they're good student, if they don't get a booking after 30 days, we vet every single deal. We got to vet the deal and say it's a good yeah. deal. We will pay you the first month rent. Mm. So okay. there's no risk for you, you yeah. know? So it's that's a no-brainer, yeah.
0: Very cool. When it comes to, I, I want to pivot a little bit, uh, the mindset of someone that went through the eight years of schooling As someone I didn't go to college, I graduated high school and moved out to Arizona a month after I was running a media company at the time. And I always have so much respect for people like yourself that go through that process and truly dedicate the time, the effort and like their whole life to that. And there's so much to learn within that, not only from the. Um, the medical side or the being a pharmacist, but just the mental, Yes, you have to bring into that as Absolutely. a doctor. And again, I have so much respect for that. Thank but you. what we're like, talk to me about the mindset of someone that, you know, now that you're on the other side right. of it, right. Like you initially had these thoughts to, to make this jump in. People can apply this in anywhere, of any area of like, maybe they're, they're at a job that they've been in for eight years or, yeah. you know, they're, they're in a relationship for, for eight years and they just, they need change. They seek change. The change you made was very significant after Mm -hmm. investing so much time, effort and money into this Mm -hmm. craft and into this profession. What led you or actually not what led you, what motivated you and drove you to pursue that to such degree? Obviously being an immigrant, you have a different mindset on on the world and and being here in the U S and I, again, I have so much admiration for that. Thank you. Um, But talk to me about the earliest days of committing to that journey, because I think as an entrepreneur, whether that's five years, two years, five years, eight years, ten years, commitment is such a huge part of a journey. Absolutely. I'd love to hear your thoughts on commitment overall.
1: I love that. So I was on a yacht with Grant Cardone, and um, we became friends, and I asked him what is the three keys to success. And he said the first thing is commitment. Mm -hmm. That's the very first, because without commitment, you never start. Right? Without consistency, you never finish. But that's and then the second thing he said is, um, let's see. First thing is commitment. Second thing is, it's on my Instagram. So go look it up. Yeah. Comment down below and, <laughs> sure. and, and 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 let no, me know. I actually point. forgot that too. No, no, you're, you're <laughs> but fine. go on my Instagram. Yeah, no, no. But no, anyway, no, no. but commitment is is great. Like without commitment, you're just never gonna do anything, right? Yeah. And Tony Robbins t- teach me that when you are in a moment of inspiration, you gotta be committed. You got to go all in, all yeah. out. That's it. You got to do something or write down, do something. Money with your money with your time. But anyway, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a big thing. I respect everybody who got any kind of degrees. It's one of the hardest things you can ever do, yeah. right? Especially with the doctorate level, like yeah. undergraduate and kind of ski by, you know, <laughs> whatever, sleep over, ha- hangover and still pa- pass or make an A. But doctorate is way different, man. It's one of the hardest things I ever do. Um, I also got a dual degree, so I got my master in business as well at the same time. Wow! And we had to make an A to pass. You don't understand, like you have to get an A
0: to pass. An A, a to pass.
1: If you make an A and I, you fail. <laughs> so, <Wow. laughs> where did you go to school? I went to school in Utah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but anyway, so, um, what? Uh, so, yeah, commitment with 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 that dedication. So, with anything, you know, got to be dedicated. You got to be committed you got to do whatever it takes, not what yeah. convenient, but whatever it takes. Like we was, I was sleeping in basement in Utah in the freezing <sighs> snow, wow. shivering, because I didn't have money to pay shit. But, uh, and then I had to deal with like five other frat boys, yeah. but I had to study, you know, wow. you can you imagine that? Um, do whatever it takes, like yeah. eating, you know, Subway sandwiches, $5, break it down, breakfast and lunch, yes. you know, wow. uh, chicken from uh, Walmart, five bucks. That's a whole day meal. Yeah. Right? So, study for 60 hours a week, and just, you know, get up and do it again, wow. right? So, but anyway, you know, I got out. Just like many of you, I'm sure a lot of professionals here. Um, you no, know, there's no freedom. I was working like, you know, I respect people even. I even more respect people work in the medical field yeah. as doctors as, uh, or uh, your profession because it's it's a very hard job. yeah, Very, very hard. Super stressful. Like Absolutely. one mistake, you can kill somebody. Right. So it's not like, uh, it's not like, you know, Hey, here's a new sandwich or something. No, yeah. it's like, you know, you, you got to get and the right thing. Decisions matter. Yeah, absolutely. The human lives. Are on the absolutely.
0: Line. That's so powerful. Like that commitment to that craft. I'm curious outside of the commitment. Mm-hmm. What else did you learn from that process of becoming a doctor? Absolutely. That's, obviously there's a lot we can get into from the actual education side, but just you as a person in terms of how you approach hard things
1: absolutely don't wish for an easy life wish for that you have the strength to endure a hard one right um don't wish for things to get better wish for you to get better (laughs) it's not what you get it's who you become in the process that's what matters right and without consistency you never finish you gotta be consistent on the daily small things your word definitely matter You give somebody your word, that's your bond. Okay? Because you value yourself. Because you're self-worth. It's all coming back to self-belief, self-worth. Self-actualization is the number one key in all knowledge. All knowledge will come down to your self-knowledge. So self-actualization starts with self-awareness. What are you good at? What are you bad at? What's your strength? What's your weakness? How do you overcome that? Improve constant and never ending improvement one percent improve every single day within a year you 365 percent improve mm. i right. love that so some similar concept yeah
0: yeah absolutely I, i'm curious outside of work you know I, i'm someone that just for context i grew up an athlete played hockey for 10 years played lacrosse and then nice. football going nice. into uh sophomore year of high school and cool i, I have this trophy over here you can't see it right there but it's this neck brace trophy under oh, under the desk there where cool. when i was 16 i was almost paralyzed playing football so i was in a, oh, wow. a neck brace for six months uh-huh. and it was for me that negative period where I could never play football again um really had to recreate my identity and knew that i was going down a path of just depression and resentment and that fueled this new level of discipline in a new area of my life which was marketing and business and entrepreneurship and that was not only a hurdle, but just a moment where I had to become that next version of myself, mm-hmm. right? And, and you say, "It's not what you get it you become. I love that quote. Mm-hmm. Um, for you, you've made this transition. You're on the other side looking back on your past self. What have you learned from transitions in life? Because I think... As someone that um, I sold my tech company about a year, a little over a year ago now, mm-hmm. and right. things to, from selling a company to starting a new project, to quitting a job, to changing your career, mm-hmm. I am obsessed with how people operate mm-hmm. during those transitionary periods in life because you learn so much about yourself and it's not in a cliche way, right? But when uh, a caterpillar goes to to become a yes. butterfly, it's like there's so much happening in this transitionary period that sometimes you can't see. Mm-hmm. But you give it time, and you realize that so much change has occurred—how oh right. they think, to how they act, to who they are, to who they spend time with. For you, I want to hear about transitions mm. in your life I love because that you've, question. you've transitioned from Vietnam to the U.S. Yes. to becoming a doctor, to then entrepreneur right. and yeah. you know, going after that financial freedom. And I'm sure there's been so many in your life. Oh yeah. So talk to me about, about how you handle transitions in your in your world and in your life.
1: Yeah, that's just an, an amazing question. So there's a couple transition. Uh, when I become from a corporate, you know, professional doctor to entrepreneur, I had, I was very, I was very scary. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like Absolutely. super scary because you, you, I was making six feet income. So the bigger you make as a, in, in your job, the, the harder it is, right? Yeah. So I was like, is this really gonna, is this really good, right? So I had to like make sure I make double what I was making with my side business until I had the the, um, the guts to quit okay so yeah. i was consistently making that income and because th- it was i was doubting like is this going to be good for a year from now right yeah. so uh and then once i did that i still had to keep like i, I kept my license on for like a year or two years i mean i was want to make sure that this is good after a year it's kind of like oh yeah this is good no, let's keep growing so and then i don't even renew my license since like five years it basically retire um, and then the second transition is when I, I start, um, so I started self-development when I was 18, 19, uh, you know, thinking grow rich, all those great books. Yeah. Right. But when I took it really seriously is the year when I was a pharmacist and burnt out, frustrated, I had a mindset coach, mm. like a one-on-one mindset coach. Wow. And he, so funny. I remember like yesterday I drove him to the airport a 10 minute within a few minutes. I, I asked him what's his key success. You gotta get a mentor, and I was like, "Okay, I like you. You're a multi-millionaire. You know what you're doing. How much it costs? Only 10k. Uh, to me, back then, it was 10k was big. It was like 10 years ago, and and I was scared. I was, you know, I I didn't give an answer yes right away. I yeah. had to think about it. Blah blah blah. And then uh, I did that. After that, and within that year is when I retire from my job. Right, I pretty much made that six-week income from my side business with corporate housing. Yeah. Um, I retired my mom and dad. Wow. I had the mindset become an entrepreneur. I had everything going for me, basically, because of the mindset coach mm. that helped me. I had to do the work, yeah, but I had to do it. But it's so funny because I pay, I invested over almost $500,000 into my school loans, moving across country and everything like that to get a job. And then it was only taking me 10K to get a real mentor who had already done what I'd done. And I was like scared. I was hesitant. So it's like mind blown. So fast forward now, 10K is nothing. I'm paying my mentor like hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Like, you know, Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone. You know, in the past 12 months, I invested about $700,000 into myself. Wow. Right? And what came from that is in the last 12 months, I have experienced that caterpillar become a butterfly mm-hmm. once again. You know, that's this next level. Like every weekend I find myself to hang on a yacht with Grant Cardone or, and backstage with Tony Robbins or go on uh, Sir Richard Branson Island yes, and uh, play chess with him. Yeah. yeah so like great. He's literally right here with me for like, the whole day, like we play like four game of chess. So great. So his th-
0: biography, I have it right over there. It's called Losing Your Virginity. Yes, One yes. One of my favorite biographies. Yes, like, I, I haven't met him. He's someone that I would love to have on the show sometime. Oh but yeah. What was it like spending time with Richard? I, I, I just I want to point that out specifically because I just not only love his biography I love but him. I think anyone who's gets to spend time with different people and have different experiences with them in their absolutely. own way I would love to hear absolutely your with them
1: so yeah it's so funny you mentioned that book is actually um that book i have with me like 15 years and it's like How? like you know it's already fall yeah, yeah <laughs> falling apart and he actually signed my book but my first time i met him uh, it was so funny the first thing came out of his mouth would you like some coffee <laughs> And he's pouring me coffee, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, Satoshi Richard Rance is pouring me coffee right now." Yeah. Um, hello, <laughs> it's like so a dream good. come true. <laughs> is this a, where was it? On his island? It's yeah. an island. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. His home. He owned the whole Island. It worth like probably a few hundred million dollars. It's crazy. I don't know if it's the same island, but I remember in his book he talked about it how it's the same.
0: Same one. I, I remember there was, and I'm gonna butcher the story a little bit, but this was like early on. I don't remember how old he was. Twenty-seven. But he was. Oh, he was twenty-seven. He's yeah. super young. You probably know more than me, but. They gave him this, uh, he bought this island with money he really didn't have. And he had five years, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. to make it a sustainable island right, to right. live. And if and if he didn't do a certain thing to the island, which would take a lot of capital within five years, the government would own it. So it's so much risk. But he, him and his wife at the time, yeah, like they, they wanted it. Right, they right. loved it. They made it happen. I think he bought... Some piece of it like three, four hundred grand, right? Right. A long time ago. Crazy. And now to amount. see what it is today and how he utilizes the island and just what it's turned into. It's, it's so crazy how, yeah. you know, this idea of leverage, right? Yeah, yeah, he exactly. He didn't have the, the, the capital necessarily to go exactly buy this, but he knew the foresight of what exactly. he wanted to do with it. Yeah. So that's cool that you spent time with him and yeah, have that perspective.
1: Yeah, that's why I learned a few things is humility, very humble, uh, you know, uh, very like out of like anything's possible when you're around him. Yeah. you know and around these guys you feel like any you can do anything it's because they have that energy you know yeah. and then giving back so um the mastermind that we did with him was to give back not to take like it was mass it was like his uh foundation right so he called the elders as well he uh, besides that mass he he have a group of elders that solve the world biggest challenges mm-hmm. for war world peace worth self-love and all of that yeah wow. Great. It's really cool.
0: What ha- you talk about, you know, mentors hiring that coach for ten grand. And it, it's so funny, right? Because there's so many people out there, especially early on where, you know, they'll they'll go buy the new iPhone every year and oh. without even blinking, but right. then, you know, to invest into some type of coaching or mentoring an event. Yeah. I have hosted a lot of events over the years and yeah. also have invested in to go to these events. And right. it, isn't it ironic how some people will just I mean, even the context of what you said, right? It's like you don't you don't even think about Necessarily, the, the maybe I mean, of course, you did, but the financial investment to go become a doctor is one thing, but it's sort of programmed into it. Versus, like, oh, I have to spend ten grand on a mindset coach. Like, you kind of have a different uh, thought process towards it when mm-hmm. one is substantially, you know, more expensive, or you know, maybe similar cost, but you're just used to spending money on things that you're used to. Mm-hmm. Versus this new category of education, if maybe it's not something that uh, you know you've invested into outside of school. Um, but for you, how have mentors played a role in your life? I know we've been talking about a lot of them throughout this conversation, but what was it for you to, that allowed you to not only go find a mentor, as you said, but what have you learned from them? And what's your advice for people looking to not only find mentors, but be around people that they can learn from and obviously, uh, like potentially work with whatever it may be.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, mentor is the number one, number one key success. Uh, there's a an Asian proverb, I'm not sure how to translate, but it say basically, uh, without a mentor, you're not going to accomplish whatever, what you go out to accomplish. If you're looking back at any great success or anything you do in life, you got to have somebody show you the ropes that know what they're doing, right? So if it's the same thing, then why do you think it's different when it comes to business? Yeah. Right? <laughs> why, why do you think it's different when it comes to, uh, um sports. you know, sports or anything, you know? Yeah you know and and why like people are getting so many free information on YouTube and everything, and they think everything should be given out for free, okay, which I, I when I first started out, I did believe that, so I give everything out for free for my friends, my personal close friends, and guess yeah. what they did with it? Nothing absolutely nothing, yeah, <laughs> because they don't value it, right? You only value when you pay for something, so I was actually doing disservice to my friends and family by not charging them because they're not going to value it. Yeah. And if they're not going to value it, they're not going to do it. They're not going to like a waste of time of everybody, you know? Yeah. So, so that's why I learned. And that's, there's a reason why is my mentor, ch- charge millions of dollars to clients sometime, yeah. right? Um, because they value it and they actually show up mm-hmm. and they actually invest. They actually be persistent, they're actually going to make it happen when the things don't go your way, you know? Yeah. So you are serving people by having an exchange. In order to have a relationship, you got to have an exchange, Mm -hmm. right? You got to have an exchange. Otherwise, there's no relationship, you know? And where people put their money and put energy, put their time, that's where their heart goes. So when when you collect some of that, you're going to get their micro-commitments and then you're gonna help them, right? Yeah. So, so that's why the consistency coming in as well. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I love that. And that was a great way to describe that. Um, when it comes to where you spend your time, I know uh, you're in Los Angeles right now. Would love to get your thoughts on traveling. You're, you know, you're going to Richard Branson's island. All these different things. Do you travel a lot? And if so, like, what do you like spending your time on outside of work necessarily?
1: Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, I love traveling. I love meeting new cool people like you. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> I it. love learning from amazing entrepreneurs. Yeah, especially, um, you know, young young people. I love that. That's great. And because uh, the future is, is in helping um, young entrepreneurs, right? So uh, I want to give back as well. Anything I can do for you guys, let me know. Um, outside of work, I just love hanging out. just mastermind. So usually I go like these trips like... Like, I, I don't see it as work. Like, <laughs> like uh, every single weekend, I basically mastermind with some amazing entrepreneurs, yeah. um, mentors, uh, thought leaders, you know. So, it's, it's really is humble to come where I come from, to uh, go through what I have gone through, and to be in the presence of all these amazing people. Yeah. That's
0: incredible. It's, it's so cool hearing your journey, you know, coming from you know, the Utah basement. You, know, you talked about five dollar like subway yeah lasting you all day or multiple days when you were going through some of the hardest points in your life or just some of the most difficult that you knew were difficult in that moment like what kept you motivated and inspired during those moments
1: Mm. remember my why my biggest why was my mom to really retire her Really spent time with her because she had uh she sacrificed everything for us right she my number one she the first love of my life <laughs> love that. so um and and you know without her i wouldn't I wouldn't be in an, anything really because uh and my my dad too, but my mom had cancer so I to figure out something fast yeah so because I had to take care of her, so I need my time back so that's why I have that burning desire. Anything the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. Right, Napoleon Hill. But you gotta have that burning desire, and you gotta be willing to do whatever. text not what convenient. Right, you gotta willing to give up what you, in order for you, in order for you to get that seat at that table, you gotta get up out my chair, <laughs> go over there. Right, I yeah. gotta give this seat up. Right. Yeah. It's like, well, I, got, well I, I earned this seat today with you, right? So I had to give the other seat from my Uber yeah. to come here, right? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's, there's no other way. You, you got to sacrifice something. But the law of sacrifice is, you, people think sacrifice is a bad thing. No. If you sacrifice a pawn for a queen, will you do it? Yeah. Yeah. So sacrificing is just sacrificing something of a lower value for something of a higher value. That's all sacrifice is. Mm-hmm. So you should be excited to sacrifice because look at what you, we're going to achieve, right? Yeah. Where focus goes, energy flow. So you got to focus on that dream. You got to feel it as if you already achieve it. Like I do Tony Robbins browning every single day wow. right? in the morning. Three, three things you're grateful for. Three things that you're going to do that day. Three things you're going to imagine as if you already accomplished it and you celebrate as if you already have it right now already have it you, are, you need to celebrate life because when gra- uh, gratitude and fearful cannot exist at the same time so you give thanks for what you already have which is god already given me everything i ever need and you too ever need because we are sons and daughters of god right so why don't we just receive it and just give thanks so we already have it you know what i'm saying yeah.
0: I, I love that. So Tony Robbins, I know we've you've brought him up a couple of times. He's been someone just his books and and I, I've actually never gone to one of his events. I would oh, love to love but to. I, i've I've heard not only you bring his name up, but you talk about this idea of priming. How long has that been something that you've done in your life? and whether that's Tony Robbins or other mentors, but Tony Robbins specifically, how mm. has he made an impact on your life?
1: absolutely so t- Tony Robbins been tremendous so when I get down I would listen to Tony Robbins I would listen to Bob Proctor I would listen to some of the greats whatever Jim Rohn or whoever you gel with Grant Cardone so that's yeah. one of the key things you gotta get out of that by having different mentor you know inside speak live into you so 15 years ago when I got a CDs personal power so good. when I was wow, you were listening yeah, to Tony Robbins 15 yeah, years ago yeah when I was that's down I, I popped that sucker in and over, like you know, a, a power hour. Yeah. Get moving, get exercise, because there's, there's there's a few things you got to change your focus, change your state, change your physiology, and then change your story. Yeah. But you got to change your focus first. You got to change your state by moving, not sitting down. And then then when you're in peak state, it's a, like a muscle. You got to condition it, right? When you're yeah. in peak state, only then should you rewrite your story. Yeah. Don't do it when you're in a crappy state. Because when you're in a crappy state, anything is. You're not <laughs> nothing can come out Yeah, but anyway where are we talking about Tony Robbins about yeah Tony Robbins um, yeah so, it, so I've been doing uh, Tony Robbins I've been learning for 15 years last two years I became a Tony Robbins platinum partner oh, which is like yeah what does that mean pff, a lot of money <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. basically um, yeah. <laughs> over like uh, about 150k with all the travel and everything for one person wow if you need two persons you get like 200k wow with all the travel included and in everything uh, it's for, a big commitment Is like in person events right is for one it? year Oh, for one, one year. year, you, you can go it. to all the events plus like three additional and partner events where we go to exotic places like Africa, Dubai. And we actually uh, uh, spend, you know, amazing time together. Not only that, but serving the people there for one day, giving back and, and learn the relationship and learn all of that. But it's an incredible experience. I highly recommend it. I don't get anything out of it. I yeah. just want to love Tony. I just want to tell everybody it's the best. It's the best. I've done so much with self-development. He's the real deal um but yeah. yeah i mean like like you you're at a different level when you go to this mastermind yeah. right and people they are like you know average net worth 20 million there's yeah. you know, some billionaires in the room so we we have crazy conversation like it's normal you know like yeah. you know oh yeah it's just you know exited a company 100 million i don't know what to do with it you got anything <laughs> ideas okay yeah that's you know it's, yeah. <laughs> that kind of level it's just pretty sure. cool yeah
0: absolutely no, it, it's so Interesting, just being around. I come from a very small town in Virginia. I grew oh. up parents My mom worked at a, spe- she was a babysitter, then she was a special ed uh, teacher. Yeah. And now over the last six years of having people on the podcast, I've had almost a dozen billionaires on the show nice. and, and people that, you know, you get to sit down with for like you know, 45 Amazing. minutes to an hour. And it, isn't it interesting how the some of the most successful people in the world that I've spoken to, that it's people expect these every now and then just these people that are just so different. But when you start talking to them, you realize that the f- the fundamentals that you're talking about from you have to see it, to believe mm-hmm. it, to achieve it, they're living proof of those concepts and those type of ideologies just proven out over long periods of time, most likely. Right. And I, I have this quote over here that I love. It just says, keep going and never quit something mm-hmm. so simple. And, and you know, people ask me all the time, what have you learned from all these people, from from the billionaires, the athletes, the musicians, mm-hmm. you name it? What have you learned from them? And it's that simple. They simply kept going. and They never quit. And yes, there's tactics and strategies that you can get into, but you don't even have the opportunity to implement more tactics, more strategies, if you even consider and actually act on quitting, mm-hmm. right? So I would love to hear from you as, as someone that's been through a lot in their life and on their journey, whether, was there ever moments that not only doubt but just this idea of quitting has it crept up into your mind and how mm. did you persevere through those moments during some of the maybe dark times or just challenging moments
1: yeah absolutely great question so this i will apply to everybody right so of course <laughs> i have moments like a lot if you if you're an entrepreneur it's like gladiator 24 <laughs> 7 You get ready for it you know it's, it's freaking in the arena i have 24 yeah. 7 bro so so that's why i love athletes do so well because you understand that right 'Cause it's not this is sports, that's twenty four seven, you guys. Okay, let's let's face it. Okay. You gotta be on your game all the yeah. time. You're gonna get you're gonna get, you know, knocked down over and over again. But how fast you get up is very important. How fast you get up. That's Hear that. Good. So fail forward faster. The biggest difference between uh the, 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 the greats and the goods is just how fast they get up after they get knocked down. Mm. How fast. Yeah. Because time is very limited, right? It's finite. So if you if you take a minute to make a decision or let's say if you make if you take a month to make a decision you're going to waste another month to make another one. You wasted two months. Yeah. Where you and I we can make a decision in 10 seconds we waste another 10 seconds. You know, that's it. So Napoleon Hill interviewed the biggest 500 top people. All of them are different from all walk of life, 500 like the most influential people in his time dedicate yeah. his entire life thinking, Grow Rich. You got to read that as the Bible for success. Uh, one thing in common, they all make decisions very fast and they change their mind very slowly. Mm. Why? Because they understand that time is your biggest enemy, right? Not whoever, not competition, blah blah. blah. No, it's really time, it's very finite, so you yeah. got to fail forward fast, faster. That's one thing. And then the mindset, how you get up when you get knocked down. You got to remember your why. You got to condition yourself. You got to have that, again, that focus on where you want to go. Have that vision board. Have that focus. And then where focus goes, energy flow. And then you got to change your state. How do you change your state? You got to move, man. People are not going to be like, you know, affirmation. Have you ever go to war and do affirmations and just like sit there and say, hey, I'm I'm going (laughs) to win. Let's go kill these guys, you know? No, man, you got to fucking go. Let's go. Ah! Yeah. I'm a gladiator, baby. Let's kill these bitches. Ah! You know? That's yeah. what you got to be, right? Yeah, I the mean, energy
0: state, too. Like, that, yeah. that energy change is just
1: so real. You know? I mean, that's what you got to be to to win the war. Yeah. You know? And people don't. You got to move. People don't understand. The, oh, I'm so happy. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Uh, uh, we, we're going to get rich. We're gonna, We're going to beat these guys. It's just, come on, dude. No, dude. You gotta get that masculine energy in. You gotta physiology condition yourself, yeah. right? And then you gotta build, inspire the team, and and see the best out of people, as well. You know,
0: right. it's something that you saying that too, and and seeing some of the Tony Robbins videos. It's so powerful, like changing yes. that state of physiology, whether that's in a boardroom or in a meeting. Like how you show up in, right. in that moment and changing that state is. Night and day in terms of first impressions for employers Mm -hmm. or acquirers or business partners or investors. The 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 guest I had on the show that's the founder of Soul Juice today as Mm -hmm. well. He he talked about um, you know we were talking about fundraising for a startup and he said you know fundraising is a skill set. It's not Mm -hmm. just something you go do and you talk about an idea and people give you money. It's a fundamental skill and. A big part of that is how you show up, right? Mm-hmm. Your preparedness and the level of preparedness you have, and I think, um, just in terms of that physiology and, and how you show up in the world. And if you go into a meeting, oh, you're, you're letting your bad day bring you down, and it's therefore bring, like showing up and how you show up to that meeting. Yes, it's going to change the outcome Absolutely. versus making your intentions clear and not letting a, a bad moment or a bad yes. day bring you down. When you it. have a vision and you actually know who you are and what you're working towards I and changing it. that state of being. I
1: love it. So I
0: wanted to bring that up, but what, you are going to say something?
1: Yeah, yeah. So Tony Robbins said, um, it usually, you know, it takes him only like 30 seconds now to get over something bad. <laughs> he got a hundred different companies uh, in multiple industries. He got like billions of dollars in revenue. Something go bad somewhere. Like yeah. biggest drama, drama you can ever think of, yeah. right? People, you know, biggest drama. Yeah, for sure. But how fast you overcome that. And, and keep it state because monitor your state is the number one thing you should do each and every day always be in, in a beautiful state always that's why self-awareness is so important yeah because when when you piss off when you when you you know something knock you out your groove whatever don't let it knock out your groove because you know that's everything gonna spiral you know yeah. you either spiral upward or downward
0: it's so funny even like today um, so it's if, as a recording for the context, it's four o'clock. And I had another interview today at one o'clock this morning. This literally has never happened here in the building. I wake up, everything's fine. Get back from the gym. Our power's out for literally from 9 a.m. to like 1130 to wow, 12. Really? I'm like, and I, I'm not texting you. I'm not texting other guys. <sighs> wow. I'm not texting Diego. I'm like, if this power doesn't come back on, like we're making yeah. calls and buildings like this. Oh, we got to check this, check that where you know i had to either reschedule or yeah. find a new location within a short period of time right if i wasn't going to cancel on you guys it's right. going to be okay we're all gonna be able to do this let's go figure it yeah. out but it's that's such a micro micro example compared to a tony robbins but it's like as yes. an entrepreneur things are always go wrong and not even they just go wrong unpredictable events like Absolutely. the power going out and you can't control it to yeah. you know an employee to stealing money yep. and you know leaving the company right it's it's one of those things that, and we talked about this in the last episode, I've learned to ha- find so much excitement in, in those times. And mm-hmm. this idea of just embracing the unknown is right. such a powerful thing. If you really embrace it, yeah. Um, and I think that's how this level of, and, and I say delusional optimism a lot, because it's like with Tony Robbins, so many things can go wrong. But if you're focused on how can you move forward in, in a right attitude Within thirty seconds from these decisions, it's that's what makes all the difference long term because you're able to make those decisions and stay in that positive state of um, that positive mindset even through the most difficult times and not even just positive but just neutral in terms of like it doesn't destroy you in that moment. You're able to be self aware and and recognize that it's just a moment. Um, Yes, but a couple more questions before we wrap up here. When it comes to the the business of what you do, and and I know you've you've worked with a lot of students. What is your advice for someone that is not only, you know, we talked about making these giant pivots in life, but people that are looking to get into the like, mid it's midterm, yeah, mid-term r- rental, mid-term yeah. rental mm-hmm. business. It's such a interesting industry that I'm, I'm not in myself, but if mm-hmm. someone's out there listening or watching or just curious, mm-hmm. what is your advice for someone that's looking to get into that space? And what would you tell the younger version of you that was just getting started?
1: Absolutely. Number one, get a mentor, whoever it is. It doesn't have to be me, but you got to have a mentor got to have the right community, hold yourself accountable, right? And you got to have a burning why, a burning desire. What's your why and who's you fighting for? Very important. So that was the the mindset, the foundation. After that is the know-how. So there's four steps in this method. The acronym for me is F-A-S-T, FAST, okay? F is to find the right location. How you find the right location with us, we give you the secrets, right? The one of the secrets is the three H's rule. Hotels, hospitals, and highways.
0: Around, around there?
1: Yeah. So when two highways intersect, like 10X like this, there's uh, where traffic flow, attention flow, and energy flow and money flow, right? So when two highways intersects, that's where you want to be at those intersections, right? And then you want to see where the big dogs are playing. Follow the whales, you're going to get fed, right? So um, the big dogs are what? Hotels hospitals, right, where they congregate. Yeah. For some reason, one of the four piece of pie right here, they're going to congregate in that area. <laughs> do I need to know why? No. <laughs> do I just need to follow the whales? Yeah, you're going to get fed. Do you ever see the small fish just follow the whales? Yeah. Because they want to get fed, yeah. right? So, so that's the final, the, the location. A, is to ask the sublet. How do you ask people to sublease? Because it's a big commitment for them. We're giving them, uh, like it could be like hundreds of thousands of dollars, million of dollars property for somebody yeah. that you don't even know. So, one, we're going to be the best tenant and the last tenant they ever have. Why? Because one, we're going to clean it every few months. We're going to take care of the property like it's our own, right? Secondly, any maintenance under $200, we're going to pay for it, okay? I'm giving you guys a seven-figure script right now that may be millions of dollars, so pay attention closely <laughs> for free, by the way. Um, and The third thing is we have corporate clients, so we're gonna take. they're going to take care of the property. Right. So we can we can sign a three years lease, no problem. Yeah. Okay. So has anybody offered you these, Mr. Landlord? No. Right? I mean nobody offered offer you these <laughs> things. You know, I mean, it's crazy, you know? So why not? Why not give it a shot? Right. And then even if he has hesitate and if he um you know, if, if or she hesitate, I will pull out my ace card. What if I can pay you above market rent? Yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna give you this, this is this, this, that, and the above market rent. But then you also want to flip the the table to we are corporate professionals, company. We want to see if you're probably qualified for what we do. Mm. It's not just one-way street, right? Yeah. So you qualify, then we can do this, 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 and that for you. And we're going to be the last tenant you ever have. We can do multiple properties with you. And the other thing you want to leverage is my network. So I have built one of the largest corporate housing networks in America. It's called Beyond Corporate Housing Network. Beyond chn.com. So all my students can become partner, have their property listed on the site. We have hundreds of different partners. We've done hundreds of properties. So you're leveraging our track record instead of using your one or two uh, Airbnb, whatever record, right? So leveraging hundreds of people and hundreds of properties track record, that's when people take you seriously and it's a done deal when you you leverage somebody else's network because the power of the network is in the network, guys. That's the key. All right, that's the second thing. The third thing how you set up to stand out. So set up to stand out, you got to think about how you can provide value to the people. What do they like? The little things count, you know. Give them a little bit of gifts. You know, it doesn't cost you much, but it's, it could mean like, you know, a five-star review versus a four-star review, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, girls love chocolate, you <laughs> know, Starbucks gift card, whatever, you know. Um, guys, we just like a grill, some beef and some beer. We're happy, you know, (laughs) I was getting like, you know, but how do you stand out? Right. So always is the law of reciprocity give. And it's always been given to you, shaking down, pressing over. Okay. So the last thing is to tap into corporate clients. How do you find corporate clients? You can do this. If you want to do this yourself, you can call the human resource department of each of these companies and find a person in charge of the human resource department, and the way to transfer go. How do you house that them and, and put yourself out there, right? You can do that. It will take you, you know, like I said, I told everybody, you can do everything yourself. It's just going to take you 10 times longer. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to cost you 10 times more and time, money, energy, you know, in return and 10 times more frustration. Yeah. You can do that or you can just tap into my network. It took me, you know, eight years to build, you know, 20 years entrepreneurship. We know a lot of people. We tested, hundreds and hundreds of sources and we curate out all the bad one, all the scammers, all that, and we curate down to the here's the best one. That's great. On a silver bladder. You block and play just like electricity. Somebody set up for you, you block. Yeah. Talk about funny talk about electricity. <laughs> you block and you got lights, right? Yeah. And we got a show, right? So all you gotta do is just block into what we already built and then you got clients right away. And that's the key. That's
0: great. Wow. That was a very Thorough breakdown, and I hope everyone watching or listening really paid attention there. If you didn't, go back because it's so great. Sometimes you talk to people, and it's like, Tell me the keys, and they'll tell you something, but you know, you get to dive deeper. Yeah. Like That was so yeah. practical and hands-on. So I, I appreciate you going there with that. Absolutely. And just before we wrap up, you know, for people that are watching and listening that want to stay connected with you, that maybe want to partner with you and, and tap into that network, like you're saying, where's the best place for everyone watching or listening to follow you and to potentially join that community and just learn more about everything that you have going on?
1: Absolutely. So you can uh, send us a DM on at Dr. Chow BNB. That's bnb on Instagram, TikTok. Uh, and make sure there's no dot, there's no exclamation mark, all of that. It's just it's just that name. Uh, and then we will give you an hour free consultation, strategy call with my top advisor. You can also go on my beyondbnbsecrets.com. So beyond and then the letter B, the N and the letter B, secrets.com. Put in your info. We will help you to get started. One hour free consultation. And it's a strategy call. We're going to dive deep in your personal situation. Where you want to go. What's working for you. What's not working. And how we can devise a game plan for you to get that financial freedom. Within the next three to six months by the way. Uh, Here's a quick game plan. Just do one or two arbitrage a month. And you get to your 10k, 20k a month within months. So if you just do two a month. In three months, you have six properties, making you about twelve k a month on average. If you're in California, you make more. Okay, yeah. so, uh, you're more like twenty four k because it's like a lot more. But anyway, so it, it, in six months, you're gonna make like twenty four k a month if you just follow that formula, and that's it. That's a that, that is like the holy grail is to get multiple <laughs> sources of income. So yeah, just click on that uh, link or follow me, and and we will take care of you for sure.
0: Love that. Well. Thank you so much for, for taking the time to come on the show today. I'll make sure to link everything down below. And if you made it this far, thank you so much for tuning in. I will be sure to link everything down below so that they can all check that out. And once again, appreciate you coming on the show today.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. One thing I forgot to mention. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the difference between corporate housing and Airbnb, uh, short-term rental, and all kinds of other long-term rental is that it will give you diversify your income. So, for example, if you have... Like 150,000, would you rather put it in one flip or would you rather have do like 10 properties? Mm-hmm. Okay, if you do, you can do 10 properties with 150K, the same 150K. You're not putting it in all your X in one deal, you know? Yeah. You have 10 properties over here making you 20, 30K a month. So that's called diversify your risk, yeah. concept number one. Number two is asymmetrical risk to reward ratio. So, what I learned for these multi billionaires is that whenever they do a business, they're gonna look at the downside first what am I risking and why am I getting rewarded? Mm-hmm. If the risk to reward ratio is one to five or more, they do the deal. So what are you risking here? Only a few thousand bucks. First month rent, first month deposit. And you're not risking like hundreds of thousands of dollars by yeah. buying real estate, right? And then what are you gaining? You're getting like 20, 30K a month. So after five years, like 150K. So the, re- the risk is like five to 10K. The reward is like 100 to 200K. So it's a one to 10, one to 20 risk to reward, which is unheard of in business like I opened a restaurant before I lost $400,000 yeah. you know all in one basket yeah. that $400,000 I can do like 30 of this arbitrage yeah. and make like you know 600,000 a year you know yeah. I would diversify around my risk, have multiple streams of income multiple streams of income is the way it is a holy grail for your uh, peace and and absolute financial freedom Love that. and if it's backed up by, by real estate even better <laughs> so.
0: absolutely well i appreciate you sharing that and and once again i really thank you so much for coming out to be on the show today
1: thank you take care guys god bless